0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing up at I-35 on July 15th, so get up there and check them out. And um, we've got a really good show lined up for you today, folks. Brian Brown is going to be joining us. He picked up his 64th win up at Knoxville this last weekend. And he'll be racing at the Eldora Million this weekend. And we're going to talk to him about, do a little preview of the Eldora Million uh, right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. So we can't wait to talk to Brown. And he just keeps clicking off those wins. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. Brian Brown... Is going to catch Danny Lasoski. I'm just telling you, he, he, he's not going to give up anytime soon. He's he's winning a lot of races right now, and I feel that Brian Brown is going to end up catching Danny Lasoski for the for the most wins at uh, Knoxville Raceway. What do you think, Kurt? He's
1: got 48 to go. To catch Danny.
0: Listen, he can and he's he got 64 now. He, he, he's got plenty, plenty of time to catch him. Listen, if he races for another five, six years, I think he's going to do it. It's a tall order. He, he, he's motivated to do it, by yeah. the way, just so you know.
1: It's a tall order. But, you know, Danny would climb back in a race car to race a couple of times. Just to try to keep him at bay. Dan- you think Danny could win a race uh, at uh, Knoxville listen, at his age?
0: Listen, Danny is sixty re- plus years old. Danny is retired, and he's not yeah. going to he's not going to be climbing into a sprint car anytime yeah. soon. He is now a an official crew chief, and that's his deal. And I believe that he is going to. I think Brian Brown is going to catch Danny Lasoski when it comes all down to it. He, he's winning a lot of races right now. It seems like every week he wins at Knoxville. And he's not going to be there this week. He's not so. going to be there this weekend uh, for sure. But he, you know what? He doesn't run for the points. Even though he misses some races from time to time up there at Knoxville, he still wins the championship. Well,
1: what's bigger than the all-time win total at Knoxville for Brian Brown? is winning that race in August called the Knoxville Nationals. That's the one that he would like to uh, put on his resume. And uh, if he does that, he's finished second a number of times at the Nationals, but far bigger on his mind, I would think, is winning the Knoxville
0: Nationals. no doubt about it. Um, Is is my mic on there, Todd? It is now. All right. It is now. So, <laughs> all right. Um, So, I, I, I believe that uh,
2: anybody else
0: out there thinks that Brian Brown will catch Danny Lasoski for the all-time winningest wins, the most amount of wins up there at, at Knoxville. Anybody else feel that way? I don't think he can do it. I do.
1: It's, uh, it's a really tall order to make that happen.
0: Right. So
1: well, Just remember, just look at it this way, Scott. He's got 64 now. How many years did it take him to get to that total?
0: But and he's still but, got almost 50 to go. By the time Lasoski, um, he's going to be 65, 66 years old by the time that Brian Brown retires. And he's not going to be able to get out there and win again at Knoxville.
1: Oh, well, Danny will read 65 before Brian Brown retires. Huh? A lot sooner. How old is Danny
0: right now? I don't know how. He's over
1: 60 right now.
0: Let me just find out. Let's let's just uh, let's do it. Little...
1: I I just don't believe that that's uh, as high on his bucket list as how even winning Tyler, this weekend Danny at Eldora, which is a racetrack that Brian Brown would certainly like to cross off his list. He's already done Williams Grove Speedway. He did that last year. And, He's got uh, bigger fish to fry than to try to reach Danny Lasoski's all-time win total at Knoxville. And that's uh, winning this weekend. Either the Million or the Kings Royal or the Knoxville Nationals coming up. So that is, uh, that's what I believe he's focused on right now, is the here and now. Races that he can win. So... But we'll be interested to see, we'll get Brian's take on that when we have him on here in just a couple of minutes.
0: Well, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Sam says Brown will not catch Danny. No, I don't think so. I, I believe he will. So just, we'll
1: hold you to it.
0: Yeah. I, I think Brown can do it. How many How many more wins does he got to get?
1: Uh, forty-eight. I believe it's a hundred and twelve career wins that Losowski has at Knoxville. Right. So he's got a ways to go. I I, I just say it, and it doesn't get any
0: easier the older you get. Yeah, but Brian's winning a lot of races right now. He is,
1: but uh, he's going to have
0: to run. And, and, and his car shows a lot of speed in it yeah. right now. Uh, l- let's be fair. You know, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet were kind of making fun of Danny Less or Brian Brown here recently. After
1: Brown came from twenty fourth to like in the top five at Waynesfield.
0: Let, let me let me just say this: that Brown will definitely. I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I I believe that he will catch. Danny Lasoski.
1: All right. You want to place a big bet on that?
0: Yeah. No, no, I'm not. You and I probably won't be alive if that happens. No.
1: Could be. Could be passed. Hey, probably the biggest story of the week has to be uh, in sprint car racing is Carson Macedo returning to Victory Lane after that horrendous accident that he had at Knoxville here a few weeks back. And Carson Macedo winning at Wilmot on Saturday night. After nearly losing his life, right. and it, about as frightening an accident uh, Kirk, as you'll Kirk, ever Kirk, see at Kirk, Knoxville, Kirk.
0: that that was too dramatic, right there. About lost his life. Yes, sir. He, that was. He, he didn't come close to losing his life. He he never he comfort. never came close to losing his life in that accident. They got him out of that car.
1: It was on fire. Kirk.
0: That was that, that's a little dramatic. That's a little dramatic, is what you were doing right there.
1: Pretty frightening accident.
0: Yeah,
1: you'd have to. He, uh, he
0: only broke a rib,
1: but he almost got burned up in the car too.
0: It, it, but he didn't. He didn't get burned up yeah, in the it car.
1: was that was as frightening an accident as I've seen in a long, long time, and he got out of that in. Pretty good shape for him to crawl back in the race car the next week and run up front. And he's still not 100% from that accident after that broken rib. Well, I think burns on the back of his neck. Uh, He still was running strong. Not 100%, but was still running strong up until Saturday night. But Uh, Saturday night uh, was uh, a comeback. Uh, big time proportion the for biggest to story of the victory circle
0: the biggest story of the night was Bill Baylog he, he he start he ended up running eighth but he was up to second place. He got around a lot of fast cars and I was pulling for Bill Baylog to pull off the win that night
1: that's a racetrack that's home for Bill Baylog he's uh, won a lot of races up there at Wilmot Raceway. And he tried to throw a bomb on Carson Masito there on a restart and just didn't quite work out.
0: Right. Um, you know who I was pulling for a little bit? Just so you know, I was pulling for Donnie Schatz to pick up the win that night. He looked like he had a really good shot at yep. it there
1: early on mm-hmm. in the race. Yep. But he uh, faded back to about eighth. Donnie hadn't been running all that well here over the last several weeks. But he had a he had a good starting spot on Saturday night, and he certainly looked like he was going to have a shot at that at that win. Shot, but, uh, shots
0: ended up running fourth, Kirk.
1: He ended up running fourth,
0: right? Not eighth. He ran fourth.
1: So that was uh, that was a big chance for Shots to try to get back to where he was running up front, which he hasn't been doing here over the last three or four weeks. He had a pretty good run around the end of April, early part of May. He did win a couple of races uh, there about that time of the year, but his performance had fallen off here over the last three or four weeks, but he looked like he got it back on Saturday night.
0: Yeah. Um, Bill Baylog ended up running eighth that night. That's that is who
1: I had in mind running eighth, yeah. Right. So, but uh, Donnie Schatz couldn't have picked a better time to – Get his performance back and get his confidence back heading into the million this coming week at Eldora Speedway. Don't and be surprised. a racetrack that he's had a lot of success at. So as a confidence booster, that that certainly, even though he didn't do, win, certainly do, has to help uh, Donnie Schatz feel good about going into the million and the Kings Royal this weekend.
0: Do not think that Donnie Schatz cannot win that million. He sure can. Absolutely. You know who who's impressed me more and more here as of lately is Casey Kane. Casey Kane has figured out how to drive a sprint car again. He ended up running 5th the other night.
1: Yeah, he's had some good runs here lately. Mm-hmm. Running a lot better than he has been. He had a couple of good uh, performances up at Houston Speedway. He had a car that was running up front uh, up there and a couple of other places, but for him to pull off a fifth-place finish on Saturday night, that's a
0: mm-hmm.
1: pretty good effort by Casey Kane.
0: Yep, no doubt. Oh, oh, Brady Bacon picks up the win at, at Macon Speedway. He picked up $10,000 at 50-lap race. That was a pretty good he race. He looked
1: strong on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, nobody had anything for him. That wild finish on Friday night.
0: Where he got upside down.
1: Yeah, but he—it uh, was Kyle Cummins the one that got upside down at the finish, at the finish line at the end of that but three-car Bra- battle. But Brady
0: Bacon got upside down during a or caution during the race. Yeah,
1: during a caution, he did. Right. And uh, but Saturday night he had it all working strong. He was the dominant car on Saturday night at Macon Speedway, uh, which produced some really great racing. Not only for the non-wing USAC sprint cars, but Thursday night, the Hell Tour. Late models put on a hell of a show on that quarter-mile bull ring. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That, so, that, uh, CJ Larry was second, Kyle Cummins was third, Mitchell Moles was fourth, and rounding out the top five was Logan Seavey.
1: But that, that race on Friday night at Macon is the uh, one everybody's still talking about when Mitchell Moles nipped... Carson Garrett at the line by 93 one-thousandths of a second. And then Kyle Cummins hit the wall coming off the fourth turn and went flipping across the start-finish line in third. And the margin of between those top three finishers with Kyle Cummins flipping across the line was 94 one-thousandths of a second. That's a finish that people will be talking about for a long time.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I, I think maybe the best race of the weekend was, um, in my eyes, I think the late model action between Bobby Pierce, Edges, O'Neal at the line. That was the closest finish. And, and, and when they showed the replay, it appeared to me that O'Neill had won the race. Did it look like it to you, Kirk, that yeah, O'Neill won you, the
1: race? If you go on, we're talking about the Gopher 50 at Deer Creek Speedway on Saturday night. That's track up in Minnesota, which, by the way, the track prep is about as good as you'll see anywhere. Uh, yeah, if, if, you if you say, you say that about, about by Port the, Royal too, the start-finish line at the flag stand. Mm-hmm. If you go by that, and, you, and you're using a photo finish, you would say that Hudson O'Neill. Knit Bobby Pierce at the line, but that's not what they go by. They go by the transponders, and not necessarily the tra- the scoring loop is right at the flag stand. It that's not necessarily the key. Right at the flag stand. Do you know where the? They tra- go by the transponder.
0: Do you know where the transponder is on that car?
1: They usually put them towards the rear of the car. Do they not?
0: I, I I'm not not everybody puts them at the rear of the car. so
1: don't they have to be at the same spot on the race car?
0: Dylan Thompson ended up winning that race. Shannon Babb got into a lap car on the very last lap.
1: Well you're talk we're talking about another race that happened last night. You're bringing up a completely different
0: I, I'm talking race. about the race that um, I thought Hudson O'Neill won. Yeah, so we're uh, it, it, You're,
1: we're talking about two different races here. You're bringing up the I, one I, last I'm night talking at the Hell about, Tour.
0: i I'm talking about Bobby Pierce and uh, and O'Neill. That's at Deer Creek
1: on Saturday night, the Gopher Fifty, right? And uh, I I didn't change the subject. Well, you said Dylan Thompson, so he won last night at the Hell Tour out at Hobstab. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. That was another wild finish, but the uh, the race on Saturday night at Deer Creek. Where do they put the transponders on the car and how do they judge? Obviously, they don't use a photo finish. They don't look at the video at the start finish line to determine who wins the race because had they done so, Hudson O'Neill is the winner. What they have to go by is the transponder and the scoring loop. And that's not necessarily at where the flag stand is. So you cannot judge. If you're going by the transponder alone, you cannot look at a photo at the finish line and determine the winner. They go by the, the scoring loop and start finish line, which showed Bobby Pierce winning by two one-thousandths of a second over Hudson O'Neill. So that's what they go by.
0: Yep. Nina said, I've never seen anything that bad. He had God riding with him that night. Talking about, um, I think he was talking about Carson, Carson. Macedo. Yep. Yeah.
1: Carson Macedo at, when he got injured in the wreck at Knoxville? Yes. yes. Yeah, that was uh, that was about as horrifying a wreck as you'll ever see, especially when you got fire involved. They got him out of the car. They were looking for the uh, cutters to get the seat belts where get him out of the race car. It was pretty chaotic right there. They got him out, and for him to uh, survive that incident, which I, I don't—I've never <laughs> seen a—I never seen a car hit a wall at Knoxville as hard as what Carson Macedo did when he turned right into the wall. As hard as he hit that wall, I don't think I've ever seen a car hit that wall as hard as Carson Macedo did that night. And that car catching fire, and the chaotic moments after that, getting him out of the race car to survive that not miss a race, stay in the car the next weekend and continue to run well and then win on Saturday night this soon after that bad wreck. That's, uh, Transpo- that's a big moment.
0: Lloyd says transponders are on the left front frame rail right behind where the bumper mounts. There you go.
1: Front, front so it's car.
0: on the front of the car.
1: Front of the car. Thanks, Lloyd, for that. He would know. He would know. So they are they are mounted in the same spot on all the race cars, right? Uh, yes. So that's the. That's so the it's important. on the left
0: front. So it was on the front of the car. So, in my opinion, Lloyd, did you think that uh, O'Neill won that race? Because at the start finish line, it looked like his nose was just ahead of Bobby Pierce.
1: But again, it's where the scoring loop is, and that's not necessarily at the flag stand. The scoring loop is not always at the flag stand. So that's, that's what you got to keep in mind. And they went by the scoring loop of where it was on the racetrack, and I'm not exactly sure where it was in relation to the flag stand. But if the scoring comes up, Bobby Pierce wins by two one thousandths of a second. That's really what they got to go by. That's how they score all the races. So you got to go by the scoring loop.
0: Hmm.
1: So that's. And Hudson O'Neill didn't complain about it at the end of the race. Hey, you know, he blamed himself. He gave that. Hudson O'Neill oh, said hold on, oh, gave oh, the oh, race oh, 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 away. Hold
0: on a second. Bobby Pierce thought he won that race because did you see him celebrating in the car when he was going Before around the they, racetrack?
1: Before they determined that. He
0: thought he won the race. So he felt like he won the race. Because he was celebrating in his car, giving big thump, uh, uh, fist bumps. And doing all that kind of stuff, he felt like he won the race. He did,
1: and he said so in the victory lane interview after after the race. He thought he had it out in front, but if you look at if you're judging it just by the flag stand, it looked like Hudson O'Neill was out in front. But that's not what they go by. Mm-hmm. So w- Bobby Pierce, either he knew where the scoring loop was in relation to the flag stand. I don't know how he knew he won. It was that close. But you're right, he did throw his arm out the window in celebration way before they determined that he actually was the winner.
0: Nina says it should be at the flag stand. Uh, the scoring loop should be at the flag stand Sometimes at you, every track.
1: Sometimes you can't bury the loop right at the flag stand. There could be something else there. Uh, there could be reasons why the scoring loop Kirk, can't Kirk, be Kirk right is, at the flag Kirk stand.
0: Kirk is coming up with every reason that the, the, the scoring loop can't be at the flag stand. There are that, reasons. That's what that. he's doing right now. He, he's coming up with any excuse to not have the scoring loop at the flag stand.
1: There are reasons why the scoring loop can't always be at the flag stand. So. Why is that, Kurt? Oh, there could be something else buried in that spot right there that they can't dig up. That you can't dig up the racetrack right at the flag stand. There could be something else buried there Kirk, that they're the, not able to do that. The scoring, that's why it's not always at the flag stand.
0: The scoring loop is at the Chili Bowl. Is right at the flag stand.
1: Well, they can they build that track every year, so they can do they can do that at the Chili Bowl because that's a specialized track that they build every year.
0: I I I uh, I agree with Nina. Years ago, it was always at the flag stand. That's what. 90 says it should be that way
1: but there are reasons why it can't be that way and i would have to talk with kirk i would have to talk with the promoter up at deer creek speedway to ask him why the scoring loop wasn't right at the flag stand but it should be that way i agree but not always it can it be that way and obviously it was not that way on at Deer Creek Speedway.
0: Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, Brian Brown is going to join us here on the show. We're going to talk about the the million at Eldora this weekend and his chances is what he thinks. he He might have a chance to win down there this weekend. It would be nice to see Brian Brown win that. That would be really cool. So anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be racing up at I thirty five Speedway on July fifteenth. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned.
4: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod-in Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter
5: what it is. To learn more, go to rod rod and Supply is involved with a
4: variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod mm-hmm. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
6: When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us, we wanted to use them to help others.
7: The Foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, whether it be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation.
8: I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months, and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
6: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
0: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. And joining us now on the show is a, a great friend of the Racing Boys, Blackjack Brian Brown. How are you doing, Brownie?
9: I'm doing good, guys. How are you today?
0: Uh, we're doing pretty damn good. Listen, I, 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 I went on a big rant here at the start of the show, and I said that you're going to catch Danny Lasoski. When it comes to the all-time wins, <laughs> what do you feel like you've got enough speed? You you're going to race probably four or five more years, right? That that's enough time to to kind of close the gap on on Danny a little bit. Do you feel like that? Uh, do you feel like you have that kind of feeling that you there's a possibility that you could catch him? Yeah, who
9: knows? I mean, um, you know, I obviously just you know as much as it's awesome you know to keep racking up wins but man really just importantly just worry about the next one and this sport you know we've been lucky enough to win 64 but nothing nothing is guaranteed in the future you know um yeah you know we 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 had good cars there we've had some good luck but um things change so uh i don't i don't see myself catching them just because i just you know that's that's a number that's that's a, a high high number and um you know, we're still fifty or some behind. So whatever it is, forty-eight. Uh, don't you're forty-eight. Forty-eight. Behind. Okay. Well, that's, that's yep. closer than closer than I, than I thought. But um, yeah, um, we'll see. Like I said, just want to try to try to win sixty-five in two weeks. Right. So that's the goal. Um, yeah. But as today, we we you know after you after you win one and you debrief, you turn the page, and there's a lot a lot on the line this weekend. Uh, you know, just try to try to focus on on that. And when we get back to Knoxville, uh, just go back there and do our job, and hopefully get win number sixty-five.
0: You know, I, I, it feels like to me, Brian, that you're you're better now than you were when you were younger, and, and 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 it just seems like that your speed in your car right now is really really good, man. You and Chad are just you're just clicking right now, right? Don't you feel yeah, like that?
9: I, I do. I feel like that in general. I feel like that, you know, we can go out pretty much any time and qualify. You know, we were out almost dead last at the outlaw shows and qualified well, qualified well this week, going out last or near last. Um, I and mean, that's a huge part of it, set, just set your whole night up. And then I feel like in the heat races, we've got a good package that we know, you know, works. And then the feature we got a couple of different plays we can run depending on what the track conditions are, if it's got grip or it doesn't got grip or it gets slick or, you know, gets real slick. We just, we have some plays in the playbook. And I just told them this morning, we were talking about some stuff. And I just said, you know, that we just, I kept using the word disciplined. Got to right. stay disciplined. And yeah. we got it, like we have to stay disciplined. And, you know, it's like the car, we are only going to get the car so good. Right. And then obviously it's up to me. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect car. You know, we can get it pretty close, but then I got to make the, good decisions on the starts and the restarts and, 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 and traffic and racing guys and things like that. So we just got to stay disciplined as a team, yeah. you know, from the time we get up in the morning till we get, till we go to bed and we're working on these things, stay disciplined. Don't get cute with it. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just stay disciplined, especially right. for this next month, every single night. And, um, stay disciplined with my, with my workouts, stay disciplined with my, how I'm preparing, you know, watching videos and things like that. But overall, to answer your question, I do feel like I'm a better driver now than I was five years ago. Um, And you should be. If you're getting worse, it's time to do something different. And I mean, you you have to learn your craft and you have to get better. And, you know, there's a lot more technology today than we had 10 years ago. There's all the pay-per-view, all the videos we can watch and things like that that you should be using as a tool. And if you're not, you're behind because there are guys that are using it as a tool. And, right. you know, they're watching and they're paying attention. And you watch guys when we go out to qualify, you know, there's guys that keep dirt vision. I'm one of them. Keep dirt vision in the car with me or flow. Right. And watch up until, I two cars before I qualify and hand my phone off. So it's like it's, it's so hard right now. You better You better use every tool you have in your tool belt at all times or you're going to get behind. Right. No doubt. Um,
0: this, this is a big weekend coming up at Eldora this weekend. Um, there's 83, 84 cars registered to race in this race this weekend that that, that's going to be a tough assignment and and qualifying is really critical this weekend, isn't it? Yeah.
9: I mean, it's a different format. Um, anytime that, you know uh the big races are you know, on board you know especially the outdoor the format's going to be a little bit different it's going to be difficult but you're racing for a lot of money it should be difficult yeah um so yeah i mean it it's a uh, you know a situation where there's 83 cars entered in my opinion in my heart i think there's probably 15 guys that have a chance to to win Any night this week, Um, some nights are going to pay twenty thousand, some nights are going to pay a million dollars, and some nights are going to pay one hundred seventy-five thousand. So, to me, you know, to have—I think I, (coughs) excuse me—I look myself in that one to fifteen. That fifteen guys that could could do it,
0: yep, no um, doubt, have
9: legitimate shots, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's a one in fifteen shot to win a million bucks. So I mean that's that's I don't think there's any better odds in 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 life than that when you're talking about a million bucks now I say one in fifteen guys that can that are that are fast enough there's probably another ten that if everything would go right you know that that could possibly be in that be in that group but yeah i mean we were, we were, we you know we led the King's Royal last year for twenty five laps and I think we run fourth um you know we we started fourteenth and run fourth you know early in the year with the outlaws there. Yeah. So I feel like that. I like where we are. I'm definitely not a favorite, and that, and I'm cool with that. Um, I feel like that if we go there, and we do our job, you know, get our car good every single time we hit the track, and really just work, pay attention to what's what we can can control inside our pit area, and get our car good. And you know, if I make good decisions and 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 make bold decisions when I need to, um, I feel like we'll have a shot to to, to do some good, but. If we don't do those things, we're not going to do good. So that's, yeah. that's our choice. So we're just going to control what we can control all week long. The format is what it is. You're going to probably be upset at the format a couple times this week, but right. it's all the same for everyone. Everybody's racing for a lot of money. And um, usually when the formats are like this, the cream always rises to the top. No matter – it could be – we're going we're to completely invert the fields, come – Come the final night when it pays the money, the first the four or five cream of the crop cars are going to be in the hunt.
0: Right, no doubt about it.
9: Uh, Brian, uh, this
1: format that uh, the Eldor Million is a fifty lap race. We're going to have a break in the middle of this. Kind of reminds I, you Knoxville.
0: I, I, you, I'm not a big fan of the halfway break. Are
9: you? Are you that a uh, fan of that, Brian? No, I've I've never been a big fan of that. Um, in you know, especially the Knoxville Nationals, I, you know, I'd probably be a two-time Knoxville Nationals champion if it wasn't for the break. I've yeah. been leading twice at the break before, one time by four and a half seconds.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, I just, especially at the Nationals, and, then you know, I can only speak for that because I've been involved with those races. I feel like the first 25 laps are, you just are not trying to get yourself, keep yourself in position, not try to get out of position, especially if you're in the first three or four spots. You don't want to jump the cushion and run in second and be running seventh at the break right? Mm-hmm. I mean but obviously if you're eighth, you want to try to improve yourself. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I think if if to really raise the stakes and, and make it worth something, I feel like they should pay twenty five thousand dollars to win at the break. You know, or fifty thousand whatever the number, pay something. Right. You know, just don't just don't race for free. Let's pay. Let's pay twenty-five grand to win, fifteen for second, ten for third. That to me would makes a little bit more of okay. Let's run harder, but really you're just trying to trying to you know maintain. And, I, and then to me, it's like if we're going to run forty laps or fifty laps. Let's, let's run the same tires. I mean, if if that's the case, I mean, we're changing tires. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, if it's up to me, thirty laps at Knoxville, may the best man win. Eldora. 40 laps made the best man win, in my yeah. opinion. I just, I'm just i not a big fan of breaks. But, again, they make the rules. They're paying a lot of money. If they want to run 150, our job is to figure right. out how we're going to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on the format. What do you think about uh, they're going to split the field into two groups on Wednesday night? Uh, how do you feel about they're going to have double features on uh, Wednesday night? How do you feel about the way they qualify on Wednesday?
9: I think it's good, you know, um, they're, and I think they're going to feed the fields. Um, that's something they've been doing in the high-limit series. When you go to draw, you know, they take, okay, who's the best driver here? Mm-hmm. Okay, Brad Sweet, he's in Group A. Who's the second-best driver? Kyle Larson, he's in Group B, and so on and so forth. So that way one side's not, not a uh, stacked field versus sometimes you can get where it's kind of lopsided. So, you know, I think that's good. I mean, it, it kind of just gets everybody on an even playing field and, um you look at it you think oh I'm, I'm on a tougher side or I'm on an easier side but in general it's going to be somewhat um, somewhat equal so uh yeah I mean just I never ever in my whole entire life would would think I would be on the radio internet talking today about a race that's going to pay a million dollars to win yeah. and especially a sprint car race so um yeah it, it's and and to me it's like I I want to win an Eldora. I've never won an Eldora. Like I don't care if it pays fifty cents. Right. I want you know, I just want the trophy that says you're an Eldora winner. So I'm not really to me it's a million dollars. That's gonna be great when you go to the bank. But in general, like I just you know, I wanna win an Eldora. I I I wanna win Wednesday night. I wanna win Friday night. You know, it's right. It's uh it's it's gonna be cool if some whoever wins it, but I'm just trying not to think about the money too much just because it kind of i want to win there like i said no matter what it pays so i, I think that that mindset too will we'll go far this week you know it's um it's just another race it's just paying a lot more money you know to, to the winner so uh, it's like any other big race so you definitely cannot win the million dollars on wednesday but you can definitely lose it and oh, no just, you're going to have to be good all night long or every time you hit the track. Right? And that's kind of what the format says. Every lap matters. And that's hundred. I, b- I believe it. You need to be, you know, it's the car. We, the car engine, every single thing we're going to run at the million. We ran Saturday at Knoxville, just because we don't want no We don't want no gremlins. You know, when we get there, we want to unload with, you know, go top of the board, hot lapping, set quick time when heat, when the feature, If we do that. Second night when the heat when the feature we'll take the money so it's just got to do our job as a team yeah
1: yep. what do you what do you think about those six heat races on Thursday night how much pressure packed are they going to be uh leading up to the uh
9: feature event on Thursday night yeah it's I don't think you'll probably I think this excitement will probably top anything we've ever been a part of in our sport you know Starting night at an Oxmoor National. Like the, you, you, it, there's a lot of electricity in the air, and you can just feel it from the time that you know you can feel the crowd, and then when the, when the national anthem goes off, I mean, you can just feel the electricity in the air. But yeah. that electricity, you know, then they go into a D main, a C main, a B main, and then the electricity kind of comes back for the A main. You know, B main and the A main. Yeah. This here, you know, it's when you roll in there at one or two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, it's and you get to where you get to the driver's meeting and you get, you know, every, it's going to be ramped up. I mean, like Tristie's going to be in the air immediately all night long. And, um, one, one mistake, one, one bad corner, one bad lap, you know, it, you put yourself out of position. So I think the thing about it is just, we've been in enough pressure pack situations in our, in our career with the Knoxville Nationals. Like it is what it is at this point. Either you're going to be good enough or you're not. It's the pre- putting pressure on yourself to run well is not, Never going to work out. Probably I've tried to do that before at the Knoxville Nationals, and I haven't won it yet. So yeah, you know you're almost you're almost <clears throat> the guy that won the Indy 500 this year. Was it Joseph Newgarden? Is that who it was? Yes. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I read a, I read an article that he I don't know if it was on something, but I read an article that he, he had come so close so many times to winning the Indy 500, and he would leave there every year and just be in a bad spot, miserable, right. just hating life because he wanted to win the race so bad. He he, kind of put it in a different spot. Of he, he told himself, "I'm, I'm probably never going to win this race, and it, I'd just be happy to be a part of it." And he said, it "Just changes kind of his mentality going into that whole week of like, hey, you know, it's it's okay if you don't win this race. Yeah. Your life is not. You're still a great race car driver. You still have a lot of accolades that that are, that people are always going to remember. You don't have to win that race. Yeah. Um. And I think that's kind of where I'm at is like. If, yeah, I want to win the Knoxville Nationals more than anything in the whole entire world. I'd trade all 64 wins for that one win. But if it doesn't happen, does not mean I'm not a good race car driver or or, a lot, or whatever. There's a lot of great race car drivers that have never won that race. Right. So that's kind of my mentality is, is like it, just go in there, do the best we can. And um, if that's good enough and you win it one day, that's fine. If not, it's just life's going to go on. There's more, more important things in life. And been racing, and I think uh, we get so involved in it that you think race, 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 win, 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 Knoxville Nationals, Knoxville Nationals, Knoxville Nationals, and I think uh, you just gotta kind of start separating those things as you get older. Like I said, you know where I was five years ago. If I didn't win the Knoxville Nationals, it, it, was, it was the worst year of my life. That's how I right, had it. yeah. And um, I just don't feel like that. That got me, got me in a good spot. And um, like I said, it's, um, I, I could win every race up until the Knoxville Nationals, and I could have a flat tire on my qualifying night. So it's, it kind of when, when it all lines up with the racing gods for you to have that perfect week and you to win that race is going to happen, right. if it doesn't, it's not going to happen.
0: You know, it was so funny. My next question was going to be, what would you rather win uh, this weekend at Eldora or the Knoxville Nationals? And you said the Knoxville Nationals is
9: the most important thing to you, right? Absolutely. I mean, I would, like I said, I've, I think we've won over 200 races in our life. I would trade them all. I mean, I, and I, 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 I mean that 100%. Um, mm-hmm. does not mean I want to win this week. I 1,000% want to win this week. No the doubt. Most important race The most important race of our season is Wednesday night. The next and most important race is Thursday night. So
0: Yeah. Um,
9: but if you line them up one by one and said, okay, Brian, here you go, you can pick, you want the Eldor a million or the Knoxville Nationals? I'd pick the million every day of the week and twice on, or I would, sorry, I would pick the Knoxville Nationals every day of the week and twice on Sundays. You know, it's just, I would, that's just how I feel. And there's other people, Sheldon Hoddenshield may may not say that because he's from Ohio. Um, All right. You know, there may be somebody, it's the Knoxville Nationals is more than just the Knoxville Nationals to me. The Knoxville Nationals is about Knoxville Raceway, those local fans. Um, It's just a different, I feel like if I could ever win it, I'd be the most appreciative, uh, appreciative guy to ever win it, and uh, maybe other than Danny, and you know, right. in, yeah. in the history, yeah. you're a kid from California. Nothing taking nothing away from Kyle Larson, but he, he, it's not he just wanted to win it because it was called the Knoxville Nationals. It was a big race. Like I feel like I have I've been there since I've been a kid.
10: You're
0: invested. So, you're invested in Knoxville. What's that? You're invested in Knoxville Raceway.
9: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really do, man. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anybody that loves Knoxville Raceway more than me. I just, I just, I believe that, and like, I've told my wife many a time. She thinks I'm crazy. I just said, you know, if, if I could choose a week to, of my year to go anywhere in the country for vacation, I'd go to Knoxville. That's,
7: mm-hmm.
9: that was my people. That's where I love to be. I, they can have the beach. They can have the mountains. They can have the snow. I, I want to go to Knoxville. So, I'm invested. One thousand percent I love I love everything about the track, I love everything about the facility, I love the fans, so it's just a different place for me than it would be for somebody come from California that has just heard about Knoxville.
0: Is is part of the reason that you're so infatuated with Knoxville is it because Danny raced up there all those years, and you watched Danny win a lot of races up there. Uh, is, Is part of the reason you're invested in Knoxville the reason? Because Danny raced up there as well?
9: I think a lot of it is that. I mean, I think a lot of it is just, you know, when you start going somewhere as a kid, and, and you go there year after year after year and, you know, and you, and you make friends and you see things and you know, you, you know, all the people and you know, the town in general, like, you know, AJ that owns dingus is one of my best friends in the world. He, right. He's in my wedding. I was in his wedding that he owned that's, he owns that place. I know the people that own super eight. I know the people that own cobblestone. I know the people that own Mr. C, who own Mr. C's. It's just like, it's like, a, I know everybody in town. Like it's, like it's my town really i mean right. and, and i think that's that's the thing it's like no different than just imagine scott how or and kirk how excited were you when the royals won the world series you know i think uh, that's that yeah. would be you yeah. watch them for so many years right kirk and you're like god this is yes. gonna be our year we're gonna be better and then when we finally got it like man it was like it felt like you were invested because like you spent so much time same thing with the chiefs how many years bad years did we have to go through to get to the to get where we are today and i think that's where being invested, I think, is the best word you said, Scott, is you're invested in it. And, like, I feel the same way about Knoxville. When I've been there since I've been a kid, it's no different than I sit in the grandstands with my grandma and before I could even go to the pits. And right. I would leave two laps before the checkered flag when Danny was leading so I could run around all the way around there to get to victory lane. That's what I would do. So I, that's, that's it's no different than a kid going to sit at Arrowhead with his grandpa or his dad when right. they were horrible. Yeah, You know, that's... It's, that that's would what be it me. is, and uh, well, I yeah, pre- yeah I mean I, I, I think that's that's the thing. And like I said, it's uh, I love the place. When you know, when when I'm it's all said and done, and I'm done racing. I'm still going to go to Knoxville Nationals every single year till the day I die. So, right. um, like I said, it's uh, it's it's awesome to even think that you know, think you even have a chance. So I think how cool is that? I mean, like a kid right. that never even thought he would race thinks, man, I may have a chance to win the Knoxville Nationals one day. I mean, that I think that's as cool as anything.
1: I feel the same way about Knoxville. I went there when I was a little 10-year-old kid to go up and watch Hank Smith run and Randy uh, race up there. So, yeah, it's it's home to me, too. It's a very special place. Uh, but, you know, the way you're running at that racetrack right now has to get you really excited. You started 8th on Saturday night. That was not an easy run to get that checkered flag on Saturday night. Talk about that win on Saturday yeah.
9: Yeah, it really wasn't um you know, I, I wasn't too excited about starting ace. I mean I know I know that. I mean, you know, it's and it's a random draw. They could draw, draw zero, four, six or eight and you know, obviously they drew the worst one in, in, in the in the bin. And um, you know, especially there's a lot of lot of good cars. Linton obviously he runs real well. Corey Eliason was in there, Austin was in front of me. Um, you know, Davy had just won the week before. Aaron Reitzel's beside me. You know, Buddy Kofoid's behind me. A lot of good um, drivers. Sam, Sam Hafferty. I mean, there are a lot of good cars. It's like, man, like there's like, who who am I going to pass here? You know, what I mean, and, and right. my mindset, and we just work really hard. Um, we always do, um, but especially just making sure our car on the initial hit of the throttle, are my engines take off. Chad Chris. does a phenomenal job working with Charlie Garrett to make sure my engines take off. And can we get grip to get going and things like that? I think if you watch the video, I go from eighth to fourth in the first lap. And that, I think that's to me as much of a waste race winning move as, as taking the lead, because if you come off turn two and you're running seventh or eighth, it just could be a different race. Right. So, you know, I, I work really hard or we work really hard of just trying to, you know, how can we make the first lap very beneficial to us? Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's times, I mean, there's times that I got to do some stupid stuff. Like if you watch the video, I go three wide down the front straightaway. It's like, man, like, yeah, you're you're a tire length on each side from like something bad happening. Right. So it's like, yeah. but you got to do it. You know, I mean, it's 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 either if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it, and um, you know, I'm willing to take the risk because yeah. of the reward.
0: Um, Brownie, I, I I watched an interview that you did with a a guy that was after the races and. He kind of felt like you jumped the start a little bit there at the at, at one point during the race. What was what was your take on that right there?
9: Well, I think what he was questioning is is there's a conspiracy, or not even a conspiracy, that Linton was laying back to give me more of an advantage. And I, I mean, I just, that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. If, if he's working for me, I'd love to pay him to pay him to the whole week at the Knoxville nationals to work for me, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. just impossible. But you know, so the rule is, and, and like my, when I'm leading the race, I, I, I'm, I care about one car and that's my car. I don't give a crap what the guy behind me, he can, if he wants to shut his motor off and start up, I don't care what he's doing or, or what not. My goal, my goal is is how am I going to get from turn four to the flagman as quick as I can. That's obviously my, my goal. And, um, you can take off anywhere from the scoreboard to the orange cone, and it's up to the up to the leader right. where he wants to go. So, obviously, when Linton's engine wasn't taken, from my understanding, Linton's engine wasn't taken off.
0: I got you. It stumbled so a
9: little when your yeah. So when your engine's not taken off, you cannot just. You have to be okay. Say, and I, I think that's the thing people don't realize. They think you just get in these cars and you push the throttle and it just goes. Well, that is that's in a in a perfect world that is correct but a lot of times if the air is bad or something's going on with your engine like when you push the throttle it may pop and crack and stumble around like it won't go Mm -hmm. so what you have to do as a driver you got to find that range that you know maybe that's that so when i'm coming down the back stretch i'm probably idling at 2200 rpm it's probably 2500 in my i'm guessing and then when I get closer to the corner, maybe I'm at 32 or whatever, and then I keep that 32 till I get going. Well, if Linton's motor is between 22 and 32 is not taking off, what he's got to do then is try to figure out how to get his motor at 35 or 38 right? To, to, so he can get past that stumble. So what he does for that is he leaves the gap. He kind of knows in the vicinity where I'm taking off, so then he can pick up the, pick up the RPMs and kind of get through that range where he can get going he's trying to get going because he wants to have a chance to beat me. He is not slowing down just to, to run right. everybody back. And, you know, if you go back and watch last year at the, uh, world of outlaw race, when I beat him at, at Knoxville on night two last year, uh, in 2022, my, my engine didn't take off. And if you watch the video, Carson, the run over my left rear tire right, right on the outside front row. And I remember running that the six, when I got to the slack man, yeah. so, I think kind of to circle honors hundred percent back around, that's the difference there of your motor not taking off. So I start on the outside front row and I'm running sixth at the flagman. Right. Okay. Reverse it to this year. And I start, start eighth and I'm running fourth at the flagman. so we always work on that for that reason. And, uh, uh, but on the, on the question, um, and I, I've got rambling here, but my, what I worry about is myself. You got to control what's inside that car and, I don't care what what the guy behind me's doing. Um I'll I'll glance up at the scoreboard and kind when I'm turn, going into turn three just to kind of see how far the guy is laying back. Right. Just to know, okay, this guy trying to get a run at me or whatever. And i, I Linton was back three or four couple callings, but that's not abnormal. If you watch the video, Davey Heskin's three or four callings back behind Austin McCarl. So, yeah. you know, um it is what it is. Like it's, uh I started eighth, I passed Austin. I passed Linton, and I was leading the race. So it's my yep. job to do whatever I can in that position to, to continue to lead the race. So they had 25 laps. They couldn't I, I, beat me in 25. They weren't going to beat me up on my rear bumper.
0: I don't know anybody that takes more pride on the restarts than you do. And, and you always talk about your motor being crisp and and taking off at the start of these restarts. Uh, you, you've you always talked about that. And it, it's just amazing how confident you are on restarts? It's just amazing, really. To be honest with you.
9: Well, and it's hard work, and and I'm not the easy. I I we work hard as as a team, and the only only data that my crew chief Chad and my engine builder Charlie Garrett have is what I give them. I have to give them the data mm-hmm. to say okay, when I when I go to the throttle, it does this and then it does this and then it goes or when I go to the throttle it takes off perfect. So I give them the data so then they could go back and say okay this is why it's doing this and let's change this to see if it makes it better or makes it worse. Yeah. And like every motor's different. You know, we had that was a different motor than we ran you know all year long and you know it's different than than the other one. So there are times, you know, I talked to my engine builder Charlie Garrett yesterday about some stuff but it's like we won the race but we're still working to try to make things better, you know, you know, even with yeah. I said at the end of the race it was doing this. I didn't really care how this it was doing this a couple spots on the track. What do you think's yeah. causing that? What can we do to make make it better? Yeah, and um, yeah, we we really take pride in it. Um, I think it's very important uh, to to, you know, I seen Logan Schuhart lose the King's Royal three years ago because his motor didn't take off with five laps to go on a double file restart.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
9: You back, go back and watch the video. I mean, it's he lost a hundred seventy-five thousand dollars race. Yeah, and what they do, they went to work and, and and figured out what's going on. People do it different than we do um, a little bit because people go. There's the thing called the chassis dyno. Um, a lot of guys go to Tim Ingler, you know, in, in Indiana, and they put their car on a chassis dyno and they make pulls. You know, it's just like a drum deal where it, that right. spins the tires. And, yep strap the car down and they, they, you get in the car and it's Island and you, you step on the gas as hard as you want to go. And it, they, they, they ET no difference than you would a drag car of like, Oh, how, how long does it take to get from point A to point B? Right. And, and then they stop and they change headers. They come back and do it again. They change your fuel. They do it again. They have that advantage. They go and do that. We don't do that. Um, my engine builder doesn't believe in it for whatever reason. Um, so, we just do it a different way. The only way that we, we do it now is, is I'm the data and I'm relaying the data. Right. So um, just a different way to do it. And um, like I said, we, I'll put my engines up against any in the country as far as when they take off. And uh, like I said, just makes it look like, Oh gosh, Brian's really good on starts and Brian keeps, He's got good reflexes. Yeah. That's not what it is. Yeah. It's, it's basically my engines, are, they take off that well that right. it makes me look like I'm doing something special in there.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Brownie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports today. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod in Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing up at I-35 on July 15th. Thank you so much for being uh uh taking so much time with us today man we We can't thank you enough for doing so
9: yeah, I enjoyed it man like i said it's it's nice sometimes when we come on there on Saturday mornings it's we have to rush to it to get through all the stuff you guys got to talk about and you know we only got a certain amount of time and that's why I enjoy about coming on with you guys today is because if we want to talk for three hours we can it's not right. no time limit and uh like I said, just gives you guys a little bit of different of uh, an insight of what's going on really within the team and really within the car. Sometimes of people just don't people just don't understand. They just think that. But um, th- there's more to meet there's more to meet the eye than just yeah. step on the gas and, uh, uh, and it's just a lot a lot going on in these race cars that people just would never realize that that's going on. It's just
0: are, are you in Kansas uh, City right now, Brian?
9: Yep. So, yeah, was we, so we we came back after, we came back Saturday night. Um and then yeah we'll we'll leave tomorrow morning so yep we're still in Kansas City right now
0: Yep. I'm I'm gonna p- be peeling out with my camper today I'm gonna be leaving right after the show and I'm gonna be heading out there to uh, Eldora so I'll get oh, out awesome. there. Oh, awesome!
10: Cool. Uh, that's 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 good. And
1: we're both gonna be there, Brian. So we'll we'll talk yeah, to you out there. I think I,
9: I think this is you know we're in uncharted territory here and it, to me if you're a race fan you know I don't if you can get there, I don't know, you you know, this may be the only time this ever happens and uh, it's going to be life changing for somebody. So um, if you can get there. I'm glad you guys are going and, and, and and being a part of it. Um, I don't know. It it could be, it's going to be the biggest crowd. I feel like there'll ever be at Eldora. So uh, we're, we're pumped. And like I said, just excited to be a part of the event. You know, it takes money to go to these races and, you know, having people like Casey's FVP, all of our partners believe in us, allows us to go and do this. So uh, we're pumped about it and looking forward to going out there and having some fun. All right, Brownie. We'll see you out there, buddy. All right. All right. You guys take care. appreciate you.
0: All right. Good luck to you. There you have it, Blackjack Brian Brown. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Chase Rodman is going to join us here on uh, – Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing up at I 35 on July 15th. So get up there and check them out. We'll be right back with more here on Mostly Motorsports.
4: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod In Supply has provided superior products priced competitively, whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod in Supply is an assortment of rodins, radius rods, and specially products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Supply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Rodinsupply.com
5: Rod-in Supply is involved
4: with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
6: When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others.
7: The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers, that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation.
8: I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months, and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
6: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
0: Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, as you know, they'll be racing up at at I-35 on July 15th. Want to let you know what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum right now. They're gonna be giving away a 2023 Z06 with the Z07 performance package. It's a pearl-white metallica coat color. And not only that, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes. They're going to be giving that car away on Saturday, August 19, 2023. This car's got a 760-horsepower, 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. It's got big brakes, big wheels. It, it, it It's just got everything on it, man. This is a true performance car and you're looking at it right now on the screen and there's nothing better than this car right here folks i'm telling you this is a true street legal race car that they're going to give away on again on august 19 2023 that's the week after the knoxville nationals so um and they're also going to be giving away um a 410 sprint car as well So if you want to uh, register to win the Corvette, you can do so at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And if you'd like to shop in the store out in front, you can always do that at sprintcarstuff.com. That's sprintcarstuff.com. What do
1: you think, Kirk? Uh, I can't wait to see the Williams Grove exhibit. Up at the Hall of Fame, I missed it when I was up there for the uh, non-wing show back in early June. I got to the How track did you too miss late. it, Kurt? I got to the track too late that night, so I wasn't able to get over to the Hall of Fame, but I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. And also, we can't wait to lay our eyes on this new Corvette. They're going to be yep. giving away. That I don't think they've taken delivery of it yet, but uh, that's going to be a, a special piece in the window there at the Hall of Fame when it does arrive. And they draw forward on August the nineteenth, a week after the Knoxville Nationals. So,
0: yep, no doubt about it. So, um,
1: we're going to be up there in a couple of weeks, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we'll go we check
1: are. in some indie car racing up there at Iowa Speedway, and we're still trying to get a hold of Chase
0: Rodman. He's riding a roller coaster right now, isn't he?
1: And I would assume that would be at Cedar Point, which is about thirty miles from Attica, where they're going to be racing tomorrow night. The Brad Doty Classic is tomorrow night at Attica. And so, uh, and I think Chase has got a home up around there. So we're thinking Cedar Point, the roller coaster capital of the world. He said he was just in line to get on a roller coaster. And maybe he's riding that roller coaster right now.
11: He's probably got his hands full right now.
0: Todd, do we, do we want to run that three minute? Yeah, let me, spot?
1: Let
11: me give me a second. Let me yeah. find that real quick, and then well, I going to tell you, by we'll we'll get a hold of Trenton, and then if for some reason we don't get a hold of Chase, he'll be all right for a week. We heck, we bothered him on his vacation one week, right? So yeah, we can get uh, Scott's got a long drive, so we may cut yeah, out a uh, hair early uh, I might
0: m- might cut out just a just little a bit hair early. Today. It ain't a big yeah.
11: deal if we do, but let me see if I can find this uh, nine three.
0: and a half hours, six hundred miles today.
11: Well, I tell you. Every time, I don't know, it's, it's just a lot of driving, period. It's just this heat. Especially
0: when you're pulling an RV. Yeah,
11: and, and the heat today is just is is pretty darn brutal. Um, let me copy this over real quick. And give uh, seconds here.
0: Last night,
1: Atlanta Motor Speedway hosted a rain-shortened cup event, and William Byron picked up his fourth win of the Man, year a in a rain-shortened race. event. I thought Brad Keselowski was going to be the guy there. They got to the end of the stage and then they decided to come in and pit for fuel and that William Byron was able to get out in front and the rains were coming. They all knew it was coming and what an intense race we saw uh, for a large portion of that event last night at Atlanta Motor Speedway. When they can reconfigure that racetrack, Scott, they made it into a mini Daytona Talladega style racetrack. That was a pretty, uh, pretty wild event for as long as it ran last night.
0: I think AJ Allmendinger was going to be in the mix of that sure. thing, wasn't he? Yeah, he had Yeah, a, he, he had ended a up running card. third. Right.
1: Fords looked like they were the strong manufacturer last night. All Fords at the front, but I think uh, when hold it,
0: on, Kirk. Chevrolets finished first and second, well, that, I, and third.
1: But let me finish what I'm I was saying. saying. I'm just you saying. Didn't let me finish what I was saying. Three cars, Chevrolets finished I first, agree. second, and third. They did. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say, but you didn't let me finish. Right. You interrupted me. No. Looks like I Adam interrupt Leo. you sometimes. But Just like. That's third. what I was saying. The Fords looked like they were going to be the dominant manufacturer last night and probably would have been had it run out to the end of the race. But as you pointed out, Chevrolet's ended up the, the big victors oh, last oh, hold night. Hold
0: on. Chevrolet's finished first, second, third, and fifth. Yeah, I
1: think uh, Michael McDowell was like the only Ford in the top five, as it turned out. Right. He had a fast race car, too. Yeah. But he was running out of fuel, so he had to come in for fuel. So that cost him any chance that he was He ended run. up
0: running fourth.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, another big win for William Byron.
0: How do you Ford get back wins? up to fourth, Kirk? Michael McDowell. How do you what? How do you get back up to fourth? He was able to uh,
1: get himself just by happenstance where he was, uh, worked himself up. He did a good job of drafting himself up towards that, that spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he, he was able to rally back.
0: Chase Elliott was the big disappointment. He ended up running 13th. Yeah. yeah. And you talk about William Byron. Joey Logano ended up 17th. Right.
1: You know, you talk about William Byron. He spun out early in the race, and then he had a penalty. He had to serve a penalty for uh, uh, a pit penalty and still Chase, was able Chase, to recover right. and pull off the win.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to the phones and uh, bring in our next guest. Chase Rodman joins us here on the show. Chase, how you doing, my friend?
12: Well, I was doing a whole lot better than about five minutes ago, guys. Uh, we were on the roller coaster here. We were in the ride line for the uh, best roller coaster in the country. We were the next ones to get on, and then the ride broke down and they sent us away. We waited yep. in for an hour and a half and then we didn't get on. So let
1: me let me guess. Steel vengeance, is that correct? That is exactly it. Yes. Exactly. Steel Vengeance here yeah, at Theater Point cedar point well yep. we kind of figured you were at cedar point because it's only like 30 miles from attica where you'll be tomorrow night
12: yeah that is exactly right so that was only our that would have been our first roller coaster of the day so we've been here for about two and a half hours and haven't rode anything, ah, that so. yeah.
1: sucks that that's a real bummer man you weren't able to get on the best roller coaster in the world
0: yeah no doubt about yeah. it hey, hey, literally hey, the next one hey listen the the other night carson Macedo wins at wilmot um but uh, it, w- were a lot of people pulling for Bill Baylog to pick up that win?
12: Oh yeah, the crowd was going crazy. I was watching him under green when he made the pass on on Donnie when he got the second there, and people in the crowd were going absolutely crazy. They were going crazy uh, in qualifying when he set that track record. They were pumped up when we announced him for the for the dash draw. Obviously, that's you know right in his you know his country that's where all his fans are at and he's won 20 something races there with ira so yeah people were loving that and i was really hoping to see him pull it off but i think he's got a little bit too excited there at the end
0: he did he just got a little juiced up a little bit too much there at the end of the race didn't he and he ended up running eighth and and i'm sure he's disappointed with that because he had a car that was capable of winning that race i thought
12: oh yeah i think at one point in time he was the best car on the track you know and he um you know, it was kind of a weird, it's been a weird year for him. You know, I was looking at his stats in the first 12 or so races. He ran with, you know, Outlaws, High Limit, All-Stars, even IRA, and he had no top 10s so at the first 12 races. And all of a sudden, he's turned it around here. You know, he uh, got two quick times in, in two weekends with the Outlaws, which he's never even gotten a quick time before these last two weekends. So it looks like they've turned that program around here pretty quickly.
1: Uh, just, uh, you know, the the run that that – Carson Macedo had after that horrific crash at Knoxville here just a few weeks ago uh, was a big moment, and uh, Scott thinks I was being a little overdramatic when he nearly lost his life at Knoxville. But he, he didn't nearly he, he lose nearly his did. life.
0: He didn't nearly lose
1: his life. Uh, for him to come back that quickly and get himself back to Victory Lane, that was a big moment.
12: Absolutely, uh, a huge moment. You know, he um, you know up until. Wilma, he hadn't ran on the podium or obviously hadn't won a race since that wreck. So uh, he was telling me the other night prior to hot laps that, you know, he felt about 85 to 90% back to, you know, full strength. Uh, he told me that the Beaver, at Beaver Dam, the race after an Knoxville, he was about 5%. So um, he's come a long way over the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's good to see him, you know, get back to victory lane. I feel like we see guys that have really, really bad wrecks, and sometimes they're just never the same, you know, so right. it's great to see him back on top. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's talk
0: about the uh, Million this weekend, man. This is this is going to be one of the great races of all time, isn't it, this weekend?
12: Oh, yeah, we are all excited here. We are uh, we got our tickets, and we're going to go grab some lawn chairs and whatnot here soon, and um, hopefully we can find a spot. I know it's going to be absolutely jam-packed, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, the hype is real. Um, we're all super excited. I'm excited to just be a fan and be able to, to witness it, you know, not have to work and um, just kind of sit back, relax, and, and, and watch a good race. So yeah. it's going to be a, a groundbreaking, you know, night for sprint car racing. I feel like all eyes in the racing world, you know, with NASCAR included, are going to be watching and, and yeah. seeing who wins.
1: Uh, first things first, the Brad Doty Classic tomorrow night at Attica Raceway. That's going to be a big show.
12: It always is. You know, we always seem to get about 50-ish cars for that race. Everybody wants to. I mean, it's. I think it still pays just, you know, regular 10000 to win, uh, but it's still the Brad Doty Classic. Brad Doty, obviously a a historic figure in sprint car racing, a big advocate for sprint car racing still here in 2023. So um, a lot of guys just want to win that just because of, of it, the name behind it, you know. Yeah, we just had
0: Blackjack Brian Brown on the show, and he was talking about, he thought that there was 15 cars that could win this race and he said probably uh, probably yeah. probably another 10 cars could maybe luck into winning this race what what are your thoughts on that
12: I think that's pretty close you know and I like the, that he added that the 10 that could luck, luck into it you know with the format that they've got going on if somebody hits the setup just right and they can you know get themselves uh, in a good position, uh then i think that they could they can maybe hang on you know if they catch a caution or if a a couple guys up front get into a wreck or something uh and they're right there running you know fifth sixth seventh or something i definitely think it could happen obviously the odds of it probably aren't too good i think that there's legitimately five to seven guys right now that are obviously the favorites but there's 15 that if they can get the setup and have everything go the right way then i think they could definitely have a chance
0: yeah no doubt about it um so, um, David Gravel was four points behind. He, he's dropped now down to 12 points behind.
12: Um, he's still not out of this thing, though, right? No, he's still got plenty of time to, to make some happen. Carson's obviously not out of it either. I think he's, what, 50 or so maybe back 50. at this point. yeah, 50. Yeah, 50. So, plenty of time. Obviously, he's really good at Attica. So, I mean, David, Brad, and Carson are all good at Attica. So, um, they're probably all going to be right there in the top five. Um, and that's just kind of what it seems like it always is these days. It's Those three guys are right up there, top top five, top six every single night. So um, uh, Attica always puts on a great show. Uh, I think it's an underrated track that we go to throughout the year. So um, excited to get there. I, I just love going to, to races that have a large field of cars. And I feel like the Attica locals even have a pretty good shot at, at winning there, which makes me excited when we show up somewhere and we kind of just don't know who's going to win. Well,
1: we've seen some great races there already this year. The All Stars and and uh, you know World of Outlaws uh, that that is a great racetrack.
12: It absolutely is, especially when they can you know keep the dust down a little bit uh, uh, for the fans that are you know in the in the grandstand. So um, and it's just a, it's a tricky place, you know, especially off of Turn Two. It seems like uh, there's not really much of a of a cushion for the guys to lean on. It's more like a little bit of a grip lane, I guess you could say. And then you get guys putting around the tires, so. Um, it's just one of those classic Ohio slick and dusty racetracks, and uh, a lot of throttle controls needed, and that's why I think we see some of these guys that uh, can get themselves up to the front. Those guys that are very, very uh, methodical, very technical, and um, like you know we see Donnie Shots won there earlier this year. You know he's obviously a guy that's known for his throttle control, so I expect to see
0: right. him. Have a good run.
1: He's got to feel a lot better about uh, how he ran the other night, he, heading he, into uh, Attica and Eldor this week. I,
0: I, I got to tell you, Chase, I was pulling for Donnie Shots to win that race.
12: I think everybody at this point in time is is pulling for Donnie when they see him running up front. You know, the, I think gone are the days of people booing Donnie in victory lane. I think more it's it's cheers now, um, you know, because obviously he just hasn't been as dominant as he was you know, five, six years ago. Right. Um, but that's what I've kind of noticed at the races now. Everybody cheers for Donnie when he wins instead of, you know, back in the day, everybody's booing him, you know? Yeah, no
1: doubt. Uh, oh, by the way, there's a $175,000 to win race on Saturday night called the King's Royal. Uh, you're going to be back to work uh, for those two nights, uh, Friday and Saturday this weekend. That
12: that's still an important race too, isn't it? Absolutely, and get to work with Blake Anderson down there in the pits as well on Dirt Vision and then have Johnny and Sean Neestat from Houston uh, will be up in the booth as well. So we got a pretty good cast of characters that'll be on the on the on the Dirt Vision broadcast. So that'll be fun. And you know, I just love the the um, the pageantry of the King's War. I love the it's like that theme of like you know the the King, right? And and like that the medieval times with the cape and the crown and all that stuff. I think it's. I think it's really cool. It's my favorite event of the year, honestly.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Kirk and I will be out there this weekend as well. So uh, I'm going to be leaving today. Kirk's going to be leaving tomorrow, and I'm I'm going to try to make it out there today. Yeah, I I
1: miss talking to you up at uh, Houston, so I don't want to I don't want to miss talking to you out at Eldora this weekend, Chase.
12: Well, I got four four days, and I we got a camper, so I'll be staying at the racetrack most of the night. So. Um. Or we'll maybe see you guys around the campground or yeah.
0: what? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right, Chase. Well, listen, I know that you, we don't want to interfere with your uh, vacation that you're doing right now. So, so
1: is is Steel Vengeance broke down for the day, or is there any chance you can get back on that thing before the end of the day?
12: Well, here's the funny thing. They, they said it's going to be a lengthy delay. Like I said, we literally sat in our seats, and then they said we're done, you know. But what the funny thing was, the people that were on the ride right before us that actually got to ride it, they all got free, like, ride tickets to take to any ride and get on immediately. And guess what? The next people in line, which was us, we didn't get anything. They just said, okay, see you guys later. What the heck is that all all about? The people that got the ride got the free ticket, we didn't. I don't get it. So they kind of screwed you over
0: there a little bit.
12: They did. Yeah, hey, they did. We hey, sat in line for an hour and a half. You know, hey, Chase, <laughs> an hour and a half. He waited in line yeah. to ride that ride. Oh yeah. yeah, and then they made me late for my podcast. You know, I mean, what the heck? They they owe us something. I think. Hey
11: Chase, uh, yeah. I don't know if you know this, Chase, but Kirk Elliott's a, uh, an aficionado of the of the roller coaster. This yeah, guy, yeah,
1: I, I follow him. I don't ride him a lot, but I I follow what. But going Kirk on. does ride a you lot. You don't ride him, yeah. Kirk. He
11: rides more than you would think,
1: though. They shut down the, the Fury three two five down at Carowinds last week, so
0: have you, you ever know. been to Worlds of Fun here in Kansas City?
12: I have not, but uh one of my my co workers over here, he was just talking about it a minute ago. It sounds like it's a, a pretty good place. Is it like kind of like a sister yes. park to this place or something like that? Yeah,
0: yeah. Sm- it, it much smaller. It, they but. got a lot of roller coasters over there, but you need to you need to check it out next time you're in Kansas City. So
1: you still on the grounds as we speak?
12: Yeah, we are. We're still here. We we've only been here for maybe three hours. Well,
1: they got plenty out. of other rides there. You can uh, partake uh, in. And, and you spend an hour and a half waiting yeah. in line for that one ride. Ma- Maverick well, it, seems like a coaster, pretty good choice. Yeah. Go ride
12: Maverick. We are. I'm walking right next to it right now. I think that might be where we're either there or we're going to Millennium Force. I'm not sure, but you know, Steel yeah. Vengeance. They say is the number one coaster in the world. So, we, an hour and a half waiting for the best coaster in the world probably not not the worst. Right, a- unless you don't get a ride. We're
1: looking it. at a POV uh, yeah. right now. Yeah, we're watching we're a little up, video. Seal of, uh, of yeah.
0: Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. a
1: wild ride.
0: All right, Chase. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us here on the show today, man. And we'll let you get going so you can go out and enjoy your rides, okay?
12: All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you. All, All right. right, talk
0: to you soon. Thanks, Chase. There you have it. Chase Rodman joining us here on the show. And, um... Uh, You know, I I I think Worlds of Fun has some pretty good roller coasters, don't they?
1: But not as good as where he's at. Yeah,
11: he's at the mecca. This is the place where he's at at is roller roller coaster capital. Yeah, that's where they have the big. um, They have like the Comic Con for comics and stuff. This is like this is where all the roller coaster aficionados go to. Is that place where he's at right now? Wow, and it's and they own Worlds of Fun too. So I mean, it's not like. we're no slouch. Like I said, they they know how to do it right. And they yeah. and so the ones we do have here are the are good ones. And we have a brand new one, obviously, guys. We got a right we got a brand new one out Zambezi
1: here. Zambezi Zinger. The,
11: the Zambezi Zinger is back in Kansas City. So. It,
0: it's not like the old
1: Zinger. No, but Zinger, I tell you though. what's
11: cool about it is it really from what I, everything what I've been talking heard about is it the nostalgia it still makes you feel like you're on the old one. Like it, it it They captured that part of it. You didn't even strap in
0: in the yeah, old and one.
11: You, and you still do... Still go up? Because that way, because in the old days, I mean, that's how you went up. Now it's the... Right. You know the click and click yeah. and this was the old spiral bring you to the top and yeah uh,
0: and then drop you drop spiral you. lift right
11: spiral lift it's so, a
0: woody coaster
1: isn't it, it a is
11: coaster yeah I think it's yeah. and that's the difference is between, it made out of wood yeah and that's the difference between the old one was the old metal the, the
0: Zambezi Zingers made out of wood too isn't it the best the best coaster oh, at what World's is of that fine one
1: is.
11: the uh, uh, the, uh Timberwolf. The, the Timberwolf, Timberwolf was the Timberwolf yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: the best coaster of Worlds of found has to be Prowler
11: yeah that's what I'm not on it I don't do.
1: You don't do roller coasters? I
11: do them up to a point, and then when they start pushing the envelope, my friend. Let like, me let me tell you, <laughs> I back off.
0: I, a bit. I went in there one time and I had an eight. That's a problem. And I walked in there, and you know the thing where the you stick you. up against the wall? I
11: don't even know if they have that there no more or not.
0: Uh, I, they might not have it there anymore. Because it was
11: it's probably but full I, of I, people. I,
0: I got up there on that wall and I I felt like I was going to get sick, I've and seen, then the rest of the day felt I the couldn't same ride a roller coaster for the rest that's, of the day.
11: See, that's a mistake. People don't realize. So, like, if you here in Kansas City, um, if you went out there, you made the mistake of getting on that ride either right after lunch or uh, the first thing out there. Your day with could be with an empty stomach. You could ruin your day. Yeah, you it can because the heat out in Kansas City, and they had that black um, asphalt walking you know you walked all across that but it was just hot out there so hot yeah and i can see one they built oceans of fun it was basically a way hey man let's just find a way so we could cool off in the summertime because this is brutal over here i'll tell you uh, what
1: gave me a headache the last time i wrote it was that boomerang
11: that's right at, at, boomerang at Worlds of w- fun. W- I,
1: that, i'm not getting back nope. on that thing like
11: you said i i go to a point guys and then i i'll back off and but i'm that
1: mamba it's a, it's a good coaster.
11: after i had my back surgery my um, my back surgeon warned me about getting on certain roller coasters that Jarred you from side to side just because. Hey, man, we've we we put you back together, but it's a back surgery. We, right. We're not. I'm not guaranteeing all my work on something like that. Right. So, no doubt. They I got it. Down
1: one of the other big roller coasters down by Charlotte, the. Yeah, the Fury three two five, which was ranked number one for a lot of years, had a support beam that major fresh stress stress scratch. And uh, somebody somebody had video of that, didn't they? They
11: had video, and let me tell you, you wouldn't. Was Was it really moving? No, but the crack you could see daylight in the crack. Of the from the what was holding on to the pole. Now, that, oh. like Kirk said, they have a million other safety features built they into it. They were
1: traveling it. around there at ninety-five but miles an fastest, hour that area. Yeah,
11: that's the fastest go golf or um, roller coaster is yeah, ninety-five were, miles an hour, dude, around that corner. They're Um, fixing it
1: right now. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody nobody got hurt. Yeah, that's
11: a good thing. Well, I'll call Trenton here during the break. But uh, we have got that Steve King. If you want to play that real quick, we can do that.
0: Let's do it. All right. We're going to play a little Steve King portion. Um, We're great supporters. Um, I'm part of the uh, board member with the Steve King Foundation, and they do a great job supporting drivers that are injured and crew members that are injured and they just do they just do a remarkable job so here you go uh, we'll watch a little bit of this video right now
7: are you missing me like i'm missing you
11: this
6: right, can't three. be true did you have to leave so soon when steve died the outpouring of love across the country was amazing we realized we were in a position that um, no racing family wants to be in the good that was coming out of that was that these dollars had come together uh, to support us. And we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others.
7: The foundation is important to me. It keeps Steve present in what we all do and what we all love, and that's racing. My favorite memory of Steve was just how nice of a guy he was and how genuine he was.
6: I'm just sure that Steve would be very honored and thankful for the foundation and how it's honoring his name. and. All the good that the foundation does.
8: You go to a racetrack on Saturday, nobody expects to come out of their hurt. Unfortunately, sometimes it does happen. And and thankfully we got people like the King family and everybody that's involved with the Steve King Foundation to help these families.
5: I was diagnosed with breast cancer and the Stephen King Foundation reached out to me and told me that they had a check. I was absolutely floored i just thought that they did this for drivers or crew members that got injured you know racing they always say racing's like a big family
8: i was involved in a pretty gnarly sprint car crash found out my brain was swelling and bleeding pelvic bone was broken i had two cracked vertebrae on my back and i was in the ICU a little over a week. The Steve King Foundation reached out to my parents. We received a donation from them. Immediately, they started me on uh, what's called neurofeedback, and insurance did not cover the neurofeedback appointments. So We received another donation from the Steve King Foundation. It really helped a lot, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to the uh, Steve King Foundation for everything that they have done for me. This last Sunday, I got to turn laps in my modified gear. That was my first laps back in a race car since the accident and uh, I truly believe that if it wasn't for the Steve King Foundation I wouldn't be able to do that or be where I'm at today. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and it got really really expensive so having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. I mean it's kind of inspired me to start my own foundation within racing.
7: There was such a caring family and they wanted to help others and being able to just be associated with them, to carry on his name, to help other racers and their families to survive in the sport that we love so much, has just been a real honor for me.
6: The thing that gets lost in translation is, yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
0: go up there you go Uh, do me a favor folks take a picture of that code right there put that code back up there Todd, real quick for me would you and uh, and if you can take a picture of that code right there and make a donation to the Steve King Foundation.
11: That QR code, it'll scan with your phone. And if you don't have time to, to do it, well, if you're driving or something or whatever, we have it on our Facebook page on the cover photo. Right. So you can go back at any time and go back here. But yeah, if you if you scan that or take a picture of it and scan it later, that'll take you right to where you need to go.
1: Yeah. Uh, big night for Matt Covington at the Steve King Memorial Race on
0: Saturday
11: night. Right. He Mac- took
1: advantage of uh, Wayne Johnson and Jake Buback having issues.
0: Jake Buback, uh, I, I think Wayne Johnson blew up, and I think Jake Buback, I don't know what happened to him, the 1X car. He he just slowed right after Wayne Johnson did.
1: Wayne Johnson was on his way to a certain victory in my mind.
0: No no doubt. Wayne Johnson was going to win that race.
1: And then once he went out, then Jake Buback took the lead. What was about a lap or two after that? Yeah. He, he had his issues. But uh, Matt Covington was right there to take advantage of all of it.
0: Right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Trenton Barry is going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing up at I-35 Speedway on July 15th. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned.
10: You're listening to Mostly
4: Motorsports with the Racing Boys rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Rodinsupply.com.
5: Sure. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications
4: with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Supply.com.
6: When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others.
7: The Foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, whether be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation.
8: I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. in the hospital eight months, and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
6: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
0: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Don't forget to see the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints up at I-35 on July 15th. That's this weekend, right, Kurt? It is.
1: Right. This coming weekend. Already the middle of July, if you can believe that. Where are
0: they going after this weekend? Do you know? Uh,
1: That is a good question. I haven't researched that. But I will look that up, and we'll have that information before the end of the show.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Let's bring on our friend from RaceAndDirt.com. Had a hell of a race out there at at Dodge City this weekend. Matt Kevington picks up the win with the Steve King Memorial. And uh, Jason Martin, he picked up night number one. Trenton, how you doing, buddy?
10: yeah great i'm uh, glad to be with you guys i thought probably the move of the weekend was uh martin's pass for the the lead and what turned out to be the the pass for the win there on on friday night out there at dodge city that was uh that was quite the move by uh by big time racer. so what yeah what do you I'm, think uh, i'm i'm doing well what do you think about that racetrack out there you know so i just i was i didn't i didn't make the trip but i you know we we stream out there weekly and um uh, had a chance to watch watch a bunch of races so it seems like a, a really nice place i know their um, their organization is a little bit different there than a lot of racetracks um so that's uh that that's cool for them i know they don't deal with quite as many financial stresses as, as a lot of other promoters and, and places do um so uh, it's it's cool to see it out there it's kind of a it's kind of in an area that, that I know there's other racetracks around it, you know, but it's a it's a big time facility for sure. Yep, it's
1: city owned, right?
10: Yes, is what I've been told. Yeah, and it's it's subsidized through through the city, correct? So yeah, um, you know, they just they don't have quite as many obstacles as a lot of these other places do. Um, right, and it's whatever, neither here nor there. It's just just the way it is. So yeah, um, but cool to cool to see it there. Hey Trenton,
0: what's going on with USMTS? I, I know they got a big race coming up, uh, the Mod Wars. We'll talk about that race.
10: Yeah, three, three, five, and eleven, and we're right at the halfway point of the series. So there's 21 races done and 22 nights to go. So we'll we'll cross over that threshold here at the uh, the midway point of the season, and um, that's a we're talking about big time places. Ogilvie Raceway is a, is a big time facility. They just had the World Outlaw Sprint Cars there. Um, just a, a few weeks ago and um, packed the place. I talked to Clayton Wagaman. His family owns it. He, he's one of the mod racers going to contend for the, for the win this weekend. Um, said they had to set the record for the place um, for their, their World Outlaws show that they just had. So um, it's really, really cool. Up north of Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, it's from, from my house here. It's about nine and a half hours to get there. Uh, but this is definitely a good time of the year to be uh, be heading to Central Minnesota. Yeah, so, I think Chase uh, Rodman, who we
1: just had on, said that was one of the nicest facilities he'd ever been to.
10: It's unbelievable. It is unreal. They, so they have what, what's so cool there. They built a huge structure right behind the the main grandstands, and so it's it's awesome because it's it's one way in. It's a, it's a dining area. It's a souvenir area. It's a concession stand. It's a pass through to the grandstands. It's AC if you need somewhere to chill out. Restrooms are in there. You go up the stairs. They have all their suites. Their suites are all accessed indoors. Their officials' uh, scoring box is right there amongst the suites. And at the end of it, you have a VIP and a bar. That bar has a door on the turn one side of it that allows you to access um, a, a VIP fan zone and a concrete walkway with stairs that will, will take you up and down. It, it is a unreal structure that they have put at ogilvy and you know the finish works so beautiful it's all sheet metal uh inside downstairs the best i can recall and upstairs it's all uh wooden kind of like a log cabin type feel on the inside of on the, the second level it's a it's a beautiful place it's a great racetrack um it's in a awesome awesome part of the country and um just like I tell you guys about when we go to these races up north, man, the fans just come out in droves to support the racing, and it's right. it's really cool. So, yeah, just another big one right right on the heels of Cedar Lake here a few weeks ago. So, uh, this is another one of the the huge ones on the stop for uh, for the USMTS this year.
0: This is July 13th through the 15th. On Thursday night, they're going to pay $3,000. On Friday night, they're going to pay $5,000. And on Saturday night, they're going to pay $11,000. Now, this is the USMTS versus Wasota Modifieds, right?
10: Well, so yeah. So, Wasota's the weekly sanctions dominant in that area. And they're a Wasota sanctioned racetrack. So, um, they get a good group of those cars. So, the Wasota cars are... The most like the USMTS, you know, it's not the USRA cars. The I mean, USRA cars that are essentially identical for the most part, but um, the Wasota cars are the ones that are the most like the USMTS uh, cars. So uh, we've had a few guys sneak in there and uh, have some success. Uh, Dave Kane has, uh, has has done it and did it last year there, and uh, so you just you just never know. It's really, man, you want to think that one of your one of your traveling guys is going to get this done, and they very well could. But I'm telling you, don't, don't be surprised if, if one of the local cars from that area or one of the regional racers that races in that pocket of the country slides in there and gets it done. They run modified at Ogilvy every week, and it's a tough place to win.
0: Right. A lot of drivers have won this race. Jeremy Payne, Zach Vanderbeek, um, Johnny Scott, Jake O'Neill. Man, there, there's been a lot of guys that have won this race, hasn't there?
10: Yeah, Jason Hughes was—he was the first one uh, to win it all the way back. I believe it was 2011 was was Hughes' first one, and um, yeah, Jake Tim got it done last year, and it was a it was a really really good race right to the end. Um, they do a huge fireworks show. And, I mean, it's this is one of those that just has it's just got it just have a little bit of everything at over right and. No matter what uh, track, track usually gets pretty slick and smooth. A lot of guys really enjoy that, um, and they just they work their tails off to put on a great race. And I, yep. I, uh, I, I love this racetrack and the event and the, the, the Wagaman family that owns it. They're just racers through and through, hey, hey. Uh, so that's that's awesome to see as well. Let me ask you, what
0: happened to Jeremy Payne? Is he still racing?
10: No, not really. He's he's a firefighter out in, around Phoenix, Arizona. So he moved. Oh, and that that was uh, you know JP was from out west, and uh, his his wife was as well. And uh, yep, yeah, so he he doesn't really race a whole lot. I know uh, I know he tuned into one of our races a couple of weeks ago. I heard from from one of his buddies. I haven't, I haven't talked to JP personally, but man, what a what a talent. I, I get asked about Jeremy Payne all the time, probably more than any racer that doesn't race anymore. Um, right. But, yeah, he's a, he, he's a firefighter and uh, raising, raising a family. He's got a couple of kids and um, still married to his wife, Madison, that he was married to when he was racing. So, yeah, just uh, life life's just kind of taking him a little bit different direction. He, he, he I know was, he still he, follows it at least a little bit.
0: He was an exceptionally talented driver, wasn't he?
10: He really was, and so here's what's crazy. I think, I mean, I honestly think, and and you can't say anything with absolute certainty, but his whole his whole path to the Midwest was. Let's see what we can do. Got with Terry Phillips and Andy's frozen custard, and was I mean, his trajectory was we're going to get you in a truck, and and that was that was the whole thing that was supposed to happen. Unfortunately in that turn of events, um, a gentleman by the name of John Koontz that founded Andy's frozen custard, Andy's dad, um, passed away. And that, and that kind of slowed that progression of where, where that was all supposed to be. And it was kind of an interesting deal because Andy's owned half of JP's racing operation with Phillips and, and Terry on the other half. You know, there were a lot of years there. Terry unloaded and brought, brought his biggest competition with him out of his trailer. For his right. paycheck. And yeah. that, that was always kind of an interesting dynamic, but, When you realize he owns half the half the operation on the other side, you understand why. Um, But Jeremy's Jeremy's reason for for being here and all that was, I mean, they were they were looking Mittler Brothers and and a shot to try to get this kid in NASCAR. And and I'll be honest with you, I went and watched when I was was working with you guys. Even put that piece together on this truck test that he did with Mittler at that point, and that i think just talent alone i mean jp had the talent to go run asphalt he was he was always so smooth and if you remember back watching him race he just he just ran the car so straight but would also do whatever it took to get the win and he so he was he was able to quickly adapt but he he just had talent and ability so far beyond his years and his experience and, and his time and i you know i was a kid too we're basically the same age coming up through this and I just thought at the time, yeah, he's a, he's a really good race car driver, and I don't know that at the time I appreciated how much of an exceptional talent that he was. Looking back on it now, with you know with a few more years in the rearview mirror, um, the dude's a the dude's a real deal, and I guarantee he could still jump in a race car and win right now, like he'd never missed a beat. Hey, uh, Trenton, you know Deer
1: Creek Speedway very well. They had a big late model show yeah. up there this past weekend. Do you know where the scoring loop is buried at Deer Creek Speedway?
10: <laughs> yeah, at the second E on the wall. <laughs> if you're if you're looking at Deer Creek Speedway. Hey, did you before did the you, flag stand? So yeah, is, is, yep, it, yep, it's not it's right down, at, it. at
1: the flag stand, though, is it? Uh-uh. No,
10: it's before. So, and the way that, the way those scoring loops go, too, I was kind of ignorant to this. I, you guys probably understood this better than me. But so when we ran that that first USMTS race at Dallas County, there was no scoring loop at the racetrack. So when Todd gets a uh, racetrack that doesn't have one, he he'll send a scoring loop in um, a few months ahead of time. I say a few months ahead of time. In our case we had like three weeks, so he sent it immediately once the deal was made for the race, uh, to permanently install there for the racetrack. And so you have to get a trencher. And so that, that loop is, is essentially it's a it's a semicircle is what it is, because it, it runs it runs down from the wall and then and then you just make a have just make a half circle with it, and you just run it straight back. And I think Todd said he liked his 18 inches apart, I believe, was what he wanted was a foot and a half on his scoring loop. And so once that transponder crosses, it, it's not, and it's not actually when it hits the first part of that. It's when it crosses into that loop is, is when that transponder hits. So, um, you know, there's always a little bit of discrepancy of where, where the actual start-finish line is. And the actual start-finish line at all these places that run these transponders is where they actually run the trencher and stick the loop that runs underneath there. And it's just like a, it's just like a cable is, is what it is. It's uh, it's buried down, um, below the racetrack there. I don't know, a foot or two or something like that. Uh, that's, that's how these transponders work.
0: Yeah. You know, the other night Kirk and I were watching the race, uh, between Bobby Pierce and O'Neill, and we could have swore that O'Neill won that race because it showed in the instant replay that O'Neill was just—I uh, um, mean, Bobby uh, O'Neill was just ahead of Bobby Pierce at if the
1: line. If you judge it at the flag stand,
10: if you judge it at the but flag that's stand, that's not where yeah. you
1: judge it,
0: right?
10: Yeah. So mm-hmm. no. So if you look at some pictures from the infield back towards the flag stand, it's actually at the, it's at the second E is where they've they've buried the scoring loop there at Deer Creek Speedway. And it, that's so.
1: what matters. You can't look at a photo finish and determine. They got to go by the scoring loop, do they not?
10: hundred percent. If you're going to run your scoring loop for every other lap, it has to count for the last lap too. And the only reason that it wouldn't is if you look at your race cars and your transponders not mounted in the proper spot. If everybody's transponders are mounted in the same spot, it's, it's the only way you can do it. Like if you're going to, if you're going to race transponders and you are not, you are only going to hand score as a backup in case your transponders fail and your transponders do not fail, there is no debate and there is no discussion. This is, this is an emotional debate it is tied. It is tied strictly in who people wanted to win, and it's it's a moot point. It, you, you're gonna go by the transponder all the laps, but the last one, get out of here. Like I'm, I'm not listening to that. Yeah, no, not, I not agree. I agree with that. Not if your transponders are mounted in the proper spot. The only time you deviate would deviate from that, so so say that say that race happened right there, and they're supposed to have them on the left front frame rail on these dirt light models, uh, and they were at the same spot. So you say, okay, well. Bobby had his mounted somewhere else, right, and if, if or it would have been if uh yeah if Bobby's would have been not mounted in the the proper spot, then you could have a conversation to hey maybe maybe that's not his win, but if everybody's transponders are in the same spot, end of story, and I'm told that they are mounted in the
1: same spot towards the front of these cars well,
10: so they checked them so that so they they pulled the race cars and they looked at them that was that was what. I mean, that was, that was part of what they did before they determined, you know, for, for finality and, and writing the check of who won the race. Was they had to stop and look at the transponders and make sure they were where they told them to be. So, and and Bobby Pierce, cool. he was That's pretty great. confident and, he had
1: won the race. He put through his arm out the window. He, he was oh, yeah. pretty certain he had won.
10: Yeah, Bobby Pierce definitely re- thought kinda, he won. It kind of reminded me of a scenario, you know, when you just watched a you just watch the title fight that went all 12 rounds and both guys put their hands up at the end, like, like they've won before they had to go to the judges scorecard for the decision. Kind of reminded me of an old classic boxing move that, uh, I used to see it. Was, uh, it was, uh, definitely kind of, kind of funny. And I honestly, I mean, the, the, the conversation should be how great of a racetrack deer Creek speedway is. Not that, you know, people let their emotions run wild and think that the finish should have been different than what the transponders said. I mean, that's, it's just a, it's just how it's how we race, so um no there's nothing wrong I mean that was awesome, incredible probably right. gonna probably come down as as one of the one of the contenders for race of the year honestly. boy,
1: those guys know how to prep a racetrack at Deer Creek all three nights. I mean it was just great racing all the way around
10: oh yeah, oh yeah, they just they do such a fantastic job and so they've got a new they got a new piece of equipment too, which is out, and it's it's not made its way. Uh, south yet, but there's there's four or five racetracks that are working with it right now. So, you know, these, the call these Lele Roteras uh, for years and years. has been kind of the go-to thing for these racetracks. And uh, they have these teeth that wear out and they have gearboxes and they have to run off these PTO shafts on these tractors. It takes a pretty big tractor to run them, obviously depending on how, what size of one that you have. So the, the folks up there at Deer Creek and the, the Sorensons have developed this and, and Mike, uh, Swanson's one of the uh, co-owners there at Deer Creek, and it's the first place they they broke this new tiller out. But it runs off a couple hydraulic cylinders, and they, it has teeth that cut into the to the racetrack. And um, they've tinkered with how to get enough weight on this thing to get it to where you want it in the dirt. And anyway, the, the thing, the things that are the pluses with it, the, and what they're using there at, at Deer Creek, and they're using the Fountain City and Mason City. They're using them right now. Uh, these these devices, and they don't really I haven't really quite named what it is yet, but um, it, it's a replacement for this. And, uh, the parts are readily available. It doesn't have nearly as many parts that move. There's a lot less fail points. You can uh, turn it about twice. You turn your racetrack about twice as fast. It doesn't require as big of a tractor. It's not going to burn as much diesel fuel. Um, so it was really neat to see because I know that at some point, and I wasn't locked in watching that race this weekend, but I know that at some point that thing was used on the racetrack, and it's cool to see the racing turn out that good with a piece of uh, equipment that's brand new. And I really hope a lot of promoters, maybe there's some promoters listening to this right now, it's, it's really a tool for your racetrack you should really take a look at here in the next few years and think about incorporating uh, into your show. It, it, if out in city, it's cut the track prep time in half. So, uh, right. to me, that was super cool to see that they had such a great race, knowing that that piece of equipment was in action.
0: Kirk and I are going to the million this weekend.
10: 100% jealous. You boys have – have I freaking love Eldora so much. I stood in the infield and just get goosebumps at Eldora. Man, that place just it – just, it's just a little different. I uh, I am so glad a few years ago I made the trip out there and chose to go take in a – multi-day event there. It's, that place is super special.
1: Yeah, what do you think the energy is going to be like when they roll those cars out for that million-dollar to win a main on Thursday night?
10: Yeah, it would probably be as tense as anything you've ever seen before. I, I can't ima- even imagine, you know, the thought of somebody going for, for something something like that, and especially, you know, they did it last year for the late models and this year for the, the sprint cars. Just what a what a great thing.
2: Mm-hmm. One
10: million? You, I never thought I'd. I never thought we'd get to a day and age in Asian dirt track racing that it would be able to operate at the level it's operating at right now.
1: One million two thousand twenty-three dollars. That's the exact amount yeah. that the winner's going to walk out. A hundred grand for second, and I think it goes down to fifty for third. But it pays six thousand dollars just to start that race.
10: Yeah, what a. What a treat! What, what an awesome deal for you guys to say that you were really, Kirk, you're going too, right, or no? Yes. You both going? You both going out there? We're both yeah are going to be. I what wouldn't miss this for got, the world.
0: Our, our good friends at Liberty RV loaned us an RV to take out there.
10: That's awesome. Are you, now, listen. Are you two traveling together?
0: Uh, no, because I got to come back before Scott does.
10: I know. That uh, Kirk, can, Kirk is, is going to go out, out there can, for so many days together?
0: Kirk is going to go out there for Wednesday and Thursday, and then he's going to drive back on Friday so he can be back here in the studio. And I'll
1: probably end up at I the see. Diamond Nationals on Saturday night. That's probably where I'll end up being.
2: Uh,
10: okay, going to the Diamond Nationals. That'd, that'd, be a, that'd be a great great spot to be Saturday night as well. So are you uh, So you're taking the RV out there. you got a camping spot already reserved yep. and ready to go?
0: Yep, we do. All lined okay. up and ready to go.
10: You water? Are we taking water with us? Or are we going to go without water? Or how, how are we doing this trip? I got a.
0: I, ca- I, I bought a case of water yesterday up at uh Sam's Club. No,
10: no, 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 no. No like, water we, to take we, a we, shower. Ironing this bad dude, or what are we doing? No, no, Do we, we got. I got. I got, wa- I
0: got water inside the, the, the motor home, so we can take a shower. Oh,
10: okay, but they they've got
0: a shower house. Set. They've got a shower house yeah. there.
10: Now I think. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but so I, I when I was out there, we stayed out there at the track. We rented a camper from like a some kind of like Airbnb for for campers. I don't really know. Anyway, I, I wasn't the one in charge of it, but it was set up right in our camp spot right when we got there. And uh, but we showered at their their portable showers they had, and I'm telling you, those were the nicest shower. I think we paid for the shower in quarters, unless I'm crazy. It's it's been a few years since I was out there. But man, that was a that was a really that was a really neat, nice setup for, for what that was there, I thought.
1: And Trenton, this is not the first time Scott and I have been to Eldora Speedway. We were there in two thousand seven for the World One Hundred that got rained out on a Saturday. Oh, was, they just, finished it up Jimmy on Owens. a Sunday.
0: Jimmy won that night. That day. Yeah,
10: that was Jimmy Owens win. Yep, I remember that.
0: Yeah. That was a big one.
10: Might be one of the best eight shows that. I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it was blowing dust terribly but it was one of the better day shows that we've ever seen those sure. heat
1: races Trenton Man, were that. crazy the heat races and they didn't hot lap back then and so they started so out the day will. with those heat races I remember Chubb Frank getting up into the wall and I think I don't think he went completely uh, upside down Scott Bloomquist well. broke
0: remember yeah yeah, yeah. so Bloomquist it was
1: broke. Broke. Hey, that, uh, before I let you go, Rodney Joe Sanders, weekend, he man. finished second to Jim Chisholm the other night up at Deer Creek. But, boy, he's got it going on right now. He's the points leader heading into Ogilvy this weekend. He's running about as well as we've seen him run for a while.
10: Yeah, I think he gets one maybe more this weekend for sure, especially as good as he's running right now. He, um, He's... He, he's really rolling, leading the points, and and like you said, he does have it have it going on right now. He's he's been racing a bunch here in between as well. You know, he he took part in that uh, Racing dirt summer series between Fountain City and Deer Creek ahead of the the Gopher weekend last weekend. So, um, yeah, I think he'll he'll land on the podium for sure probably in victory lane one or more nights. I expect I'll, uh, I'll probably talk to him after the races. And I think, I believe, I believe he's winless at Ogilvy. So there aren't a whole lot of racetracks in that USMTS Tour that Rodney's not won at over over the years. And so, you know, he'll be chomping at the bit to uh, yeah. not, knock on him down this weekend. He'd, he'd, uh, he'd for sure like that Saturday night one, I know.
0: Thanks, Trenton. I can't appreciate you taking the time to join us each week here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We can't thank you enough for doing so.
10: Yeah, glad to do it, boys. Hey, have fun at Eldora, and I'll uh, I'll be in
0: Minnesota, and we'll reconvene next week. So. Okay, my plan. We'll yep. talk, we'll talk to you next week. We'll be watching what's going on up there. All right, boys. See you. All right, there you have it. Trenton Berry joining us here from raceanddirt.com, dot com, and um, always does an excellent job with the Lucas Oil the ASCS National Tour races this year.
1: Uh, this week, uh, there's some big midget. Uh, USAC midgets are going to be in the Midwest. Going to be at Red Dirt Raceway on Tuesday, on Wednesday night. Is the no July 11th is Tuesday night, right? So Red Dirt Raceway on Tuesday night, Wednesday at the Mitchell County Fairgrounds in Beloit, Kansas, and then this Friday and Saturday at the Jefferson County Speedway in Fairbury, Nebraska for the USAC. Midget Series right. this week. So a big week for those guys. And as we pointed out, uh, Lucas Hole late models this weekend. Tri-City on Friday night. And Saturday night, the Diamond Nationals down at uh, Lucas Hole Speedway.
0: All right. That's it for today's show, folks. I'm going to jump in the, uh, the truck and start headed towards Eldora. I'll be out there. Hopefully, I, I might make it tonight. You just never know. Just might make it all the way. So thanks for everybody for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it. All our great supporters. Man, we can't thank you enough for doing so. And um, we are so fortunate to have all the people that listen around the country on, on this show.
1: And Todd, great job as always today.
11: Appreciate thank you. all your yeah. work. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Be safe. I, I
0: always thank Todd. He does. Yeah. He yeah. takes
11: care of it. But hey, you guys be careful driving out there. And Scott, don't push it if you don't have to appreciate
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right, for Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing up at I-35 Speedway this weekend on Saturday night. So get up there and check them out. For Todd Surprise, for for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week.